0: I want to ask you a question this morning, and I don't want you to to answer it out loud. I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to uh, give your thoughts away uh, or anything like that. But there is a pervasive feeling uh, by a lot of folks that... um, uh, about a particular subject and I want to ask you your opinion and I want you to, uh, you you fall on either one side or the other and so uh, think about how you would answer this question. The question is, uh, or the statement is, now tell me whether you would agree with this or disagree. The statement is people are basically good. Uh, now uh, we're not talking about a hundred percent of the people. We're talking about a majority of the people. Yes, you got some people that are are just really mean. You got some really bad people that just want to be a dictator and and want to rule a country. You got some people that just want to be. Uh, 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 over people and oppressed people. You've got some, but that's not, that's just a, uh, this mentality says, that's just a small fraction of people, but majority of people are basically good. Now, if you said you agreed with that statement, then you would be uh, uh, in agreement with a majority of people in our nation. You'd be in in agreement with a majority of people in in our nation. uh, seats of power and our seats of government a uh, majority of politicians say you know people are basically good people are uh people aren't uh out there trying to swindle other people people aren't basically he, he, the the mentality is if you feel otherwise, you would say, well, we need to bolt down everything. We can't leave anything sitting around anywhere. We've got to make sure that everybody uh, is, is held to being honest by the fact that we're going to make sure nobody steals anything by making sure. It's like those pens at, at the bank, right? They, they got those chains on those, on those ink pens so you can't steal them away. That's the mentality of of the people who say, no, people are basically dishonest. If you turn your back on them, they're going to steal you blind. You can't leave your bicycle out uh, on your back porch because somebody will come in the middle of the night and steal it. Uh, But a majority of people say, no, you can... People are basically good. People are basically honest. We can can, uh, expect everybody to do the right thing when push comes to shove. But let me ask you a question. Or let me just give you a statement. Excuse me, instead of asking a question, let me give you a statement. Uh, If that were true, if you you feel like you said that's true, you'd be wrong. Because Paul here has been basically laying out systematically that it is untrue that people are basically good. People are not basically good. People are basically bad. People are inherently bad. Let me ask you, uh, let me point out something to you. If people are basically good, then why do we have laws? Why do we have so many different laws? If people are basically good, then we wouldn't have to have laws. People wouldn't know. You don't go too fast down the road or you might hit a child. Uh, People wouldn't know. When you come to... A stop sign, you have to stop because it's not because there's a policeman or a, a city councilman that says, I want to legislate that people come to a stop at this, this juncture just because I can say so. No, they stop people because uh, there's a stop sign there because they want to make sure people don't run into each other. And the reason there is a policeman that will give you a ticket if you just happen to roll through that stop sign is because people are basically bad. People are not basically good. There has to be laws and there have to be policemen that enforce those laws because we will... If Look, if no one's there to ensure... That you are going fifty five miles an hour down uh the highway, then what 's going to happen? that foot's going to get heavy isn't it it 's going to you 're going to ease it well it 's just taking so long there 's not that many people on the road i 'm going to go faster because i'm i 'm running late i i I'm having a hard time today, and the bank teller accidentally gave me uh my $100 that I was putting in as a deposit, she accidentally gave that back to me and deposited $100 into my account. I'm, I've been behind on money. Or, or here's a better one. I'm walking through a parking lot and I see somebody has dropped a $100 bill on the, in this parking lot. And I know that it fell out of. Uh, do you go up and you pick up that hundred dollar bill and you say, "Well, there's nobody standing right here. It's mine." Or do you ask some people that are standing uh, close by, "Hey, did you drop any money? Did you did you drop anything? Did you?" Or, 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 or here's a more here's a simpler one. Here's a simple one. You go out to Zaxby's for lunch this afternoon and you get your order and you've ordered the Zax snack or, the, or a salad or whatever and, and on your tray is an order of fried pickles you didn't order. And they say, here you go. Do you say, I, I'm sorry, I didn't order that and allow them to decide what to do with it, or you, do, or you say, well, they didn't know any better. It's mine now. I'm going to go eat it. Well, it's just a plate of fried pickles. It's no big deal. It's not like they're going to go de- uh, under next week because they served me a, fr- a plate of fried pickles I didn't pay for. Oh, really? Well, that speaks basically to your Who you are, your character, your person. Uh, The framers of our nation knew this instinctively. James Madison uh, was basically the architect of the uh, Constitution and and they instilled within the Constitution uh, the fact that we have three branches of the government, right? The legislative, the judicial... And the executive. Why'd they do that? That's for checks and balances, right? When one makes a law that, they, that, that is not right for the people, you got two other branches of the government that can uh, do something about it. And why'd they do that? Because they knew instinctively that people are not good. And they knew that someone, even at the top echelons of our nation's power, had to have someone that held them in accountable. Held them accountable to others and said, we're not going to give one person all the power because we saw King George over there in England. That didn't work out too good so we're going to make sure that our nation has three branches so we can make sure that people are held accountable so why do we have to have that turn with me in your bibles to romans chapter 5 we'll get to the heart of the matter and when we look at verse 12 this is a an amazing passage of scripture here that speaks to the whole issue now Paul has been laying out in uh, the Scripture here that God has, has extended to us grace. And so he gets back to the issue of why we need grace. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man entered into the world and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for, this, uh, for all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the uh, similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so as uh, so also is the free gift for if through the offense of one many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now, what? remember what Paul is fighting against, the mentality of the Jewish people to say, well, look, I'm basically, uh, I'm covered because I'm a child of Abraham. Now... You know, this is a mentality that we don't have because we're not Israelites, right? By and large, most people in this congregation, I would dare say there's not a one of us that's Israelite by birth. Now, I might be mistaken, but the idea was amongst the Israelites was that, look, we're the people of the covenant. We are the people who God has selected. And because they were selected by God, they felt they were special because God pick them over everybody else in the world. And so they felt like, well, uh, God established a covenant with Abraham with his descendants. I am one of those descendants. So therefore, God has a covenant with me. I'm a special people. I'm a, look, God told me I'm a royal priesthood. God told me that we are selected above everyone else and so that we have that covenant with God and then we're blessed. So don't go telling me that I need something more. I'm blessed of God. And Paul was saying, no, you're not blessed of God in that you need to understand the law that was given to you. He said, All men have sinned. Everyone has sinned from he said, and look, we have the same mentality today as the Israelites had back then. And they still have, a lot of them still have to this day, is that I'm a special person. I don't need what you're selling over there. I don't need grace because I'm a good person. I already addressed that. Most people think that most people are, by and large, good, not perfect, but good. Uh, I'm not a bank robber. Um, This is what most people say. Look, I'm not a bank robber. I'm not a mass murderer. I don't go into uh, uh, the school over here and uh, take out a, a shotgun and begin to shoot people. In the middle of school, I'm not the kind of person that gets my jollies off of uh, seeing things that are inappropriate. I'm not a bad person, so uh, therefore I'm good with God and God's going to allow me into heaven when I come to the end of my days. Paul said, look, all people have sinned. As Adam sinned, he said, Adam sinned brought sin in, in, into the world and we're born into sin. We are born into a sinful situation. And you have some people that said, well, wait a minute, I'm not Adam. I didn't sin. I wasn't Adam, so I did uh, Why are you going to condemn me in sin before I, uh, from very birth? Well, the reason is, is because uh, God looks at us and says, if it had been you instead of Adam in the garden, you would have sinned too. If it had been me in the garden, and I'd been faced with the choice to follow after God or to do what I wanted, I'd sin too. You say, How do you know that? How do you know I would have done that? Because when you were born, you sinned just like everybody else. You were born in innocence. Look, Paul doesn't get into the whole idea of the origins of sin. He doesn't, uh, there were a lot of people back then that they blamed Adam because, well, Adam sins. That's why all of us have sinned. So Adam should be the only one condemned, not the rest of us. Paul didn't get into that. He didn't say... And there were some who were saying, no, it's not Adam that's, uh, that's inherently evil. It's Satan because Satan came into the garden and Satan's the one who tempted Eve and uh, Satan's the one that tempted Eve to give it to Adam. So we need to place all the blame on Satan. And you know what? There are some people that do that even to this day. They say, like Flip Wilson used to say, well, the devil made me do it. Right? It's not my fault. The devil made me do it. Those of you who are too young to know who Flip Wilson is, ask your parents or grandparents and they'll tell you who Flip Wilson is. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. I I didn't do that. Put it in a little bit more Uh, uh, contemporary context I didn't do that look at Adam and Eve when they're confronted by God God's right in front of them God says what is it that y'all have done Adam said well it wasn't me it was Eve Mm -hmm. Eve gave it to me Eve says it wasn't me that serpent beguiled me and caused me to do it. And the serpent's sitting there saying, who me? (laughs) And look, we're all just as bad. I'm not the one to blame. I'm the victim of my environment or I'm the victim of my circumstances. I grew up poor, so I automatically need to have a a past because I would have never stolen if I wasn't hungry and poor. I would have never had anger and uh, frustration with somebody of another skin color because if I hadn't have been abused as a child or I hadn't have been uh, uh, beat up on or, or discriminated against as some... You know, the list goes on and on and on. Basically, all it is is, it's not me, it's somebody else. That's the exact attitude that was from the very start. Paul here says through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit we're all sinners. We've all entered into sin in the same way and because of that we're all doomed by the penalty of sin, which is death. He says for unto until the law uh, look at verse uh, 13 he says until the law. Now this this verse here is, is here because of the fact that Paul is specifically dealing with those who are uh, in the Jewish faith trying to enforce upon everyone the law and he's talking to these jewish individuals that want to enforce the law he's trying to help them to understand the real significance of the law they said the law was there because the law is there and they follow the law that they're perfect they're okay with god but paul says until the law sin was in the world but sin is not Imputed where there is no law. He says, "Look, whether there's a law or not, you have to deal with the fact that there is sin, and it's not because uh, not that the sin was not In the, he says, "The law came along and told us how sinful we were. It wasn't that the law came to absolve us of sin. It was the fact that this, that the law was given." Uh, by God to Moses so that we would understand how sinful we were. He says, Nevertheless, in verse 14, death reigneth from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. He says, look, God gave us... A, an image of who was to Adam was the first man. He says this in another place. Adam was the first man, and through Adam, sin entered into the world. But Jesus Christ, who he's getting to in a moment, he said Jesus is the second man. He is not the first man who had sin. He is the second man who had no sin, and through Jesus Christ... Uh, salvation entered into the world. Verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many uh, dead, much more the grace of God, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. He says, look, uh, just as sin entered into the world through uh, Adam, Grace entered into the world through Jesus Christ. Death entered into the world through the sin of Adam. uh, Life entered into the world through Jesus Christ and and the grace uh, presented by God. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. He says, look, just as the sin that brought condemnation, this free gift of God that Jesus Christ brought was even greater justification to cover our condemnation. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more that, Uh, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That's what I just spoke of just a minute ago. He says, look, uh, we all are participants in sin because of the sin that originated in Adam in the garden. And all of us would have uh, sinned if we had been in the garden instead of Adam. It's not the fact that... It, look, there, there's some Christians at one time that all wanted to lay the blame on Eve. Oh, it was Eve's fault. She was the one who gave the apple, or not the apple, but the fruit. You know, a lot of people want to say it's an apple, but it's a, uh, the forbidden fruit. It was Eve that, gave the, uh, that was tricked by... Uh, the serpent it was Eve that, that sinned initially so we ought to blame Eve because she's the one that did it all but if you are a close observer of those passages in Genesis it says that after Eve ate of the fruit what's it say she turned to Adam It doesn't say she went out and had to go find Adam and find where he was. was, uh, The implication is, is that Adam was right there with her. And if Adam would have been doing what he should have done, he should have said, Eve, don't listen to him. Let's get out of here. We know we're not supposed to be here. In fact, if Adam would have been doing as he should have, Listen to what Eve said. Eve said, when and when the serpent tempted Eve and said, surely you won't die if you eat of the tree. Eve said, God has told us not only are we not to eat it, we're not even to touch it. Now that's not what God said. God said, don't eat of the tree. Obviously, she has been, she's, expounding on what God has said and she is and she's not look God told who God told Adam Adam. not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and it was Adam's job to teach Eve what God said God said don't eat of the tree Adam was supposed to say God said don't eat of that tree but somewhere along the line, Adam didn't do his job well enough because Eve allowed all of that to get all mixed up. And listen, Adam is, is just as guilty. We're all guilty. Adam and Eve are representative of us all. All of us would have sinned because all of us do sin. And Paul here is saying, through Adam sending it into the world and through Jesus Christ, righteousness is going to reign in the life of all because of His righteousness, Jesus Christ. Verse 18, look at what it says there. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment cometh upon all men, to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one the free gift has come upon all men unto justification of life for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous moreover the law entered that the offense might abound but where sin abounded grace did much more abound so what Paul is saying is clearly he's saying, look, you're all, the reason that you all have a bad deal is, is because you're all born that way. We're all born that way. We're all born into sin. We are basically all condemned because of what, uh, what happened from the very beginning, that we all had a choice, all of us. And our basic choice was, are we going to follow after God and do what God wants us to do? Or are we going to follow after our own desires, our own... Look, when, when we're young, let me ask you this, especially you parents. When, when you have a child that's young, and they're just little, and you tell them, look... This is where all the goodies are. This is where the candy is. This is where the cookies are. Whatever it is that they like. They're in this jar. Don't eat it unless I say you can eat it. You go about your business. You're cleaning the house or you're mowing the grass. And you come back in the house and you see that little Johnny or little Susie has got chocolate all around their face and they're sitting there and the jar's open and there's nothing left inside. Now, did you have to teach them to be deceivous and get in there and take them cookies or take that chocolate or did they do it all on their own? No, you are trying to teach them to be honest and not do those bad things... You didn't have to teach them how to be bad. Or, or if you got two, you know, Lord help those that are born into the house and there's only one of them. Because look, if you got a child that's picking on herself, then there's something else that's wrong. But if you got two, there's always one that's going to pick on the other. It doesn't matter matter what it is. It could be, uh, stop looking at me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. Mama, she's breathing too loud. Mama, she's looking at me. Mama, she's touching me. He's touching me. Did anybody have to teach them to misbehave and be ugly? No. No, 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 no. They're doing it because they like to hear that little one or, or the sibling Get all upset because you're looking cross-eyed at them, and they get all giggly inside whenever it upsets them, and so they're going to do it because simply because they don't want them to be. Now you didn't have to teach them how to do that. We're all bad because we all have been born into sin, and because of that, if it had been any of us in the garden instead of uh, instead of Adam and Eve, now yes, Adam and Eve were born. Uh, into a sinless situation but they had a choice and they made the wrong one we all would have made the same wrong choice and because of them entered into the world and because of that sin, condemnation but because we're born into it, God didn't let us stay that way he sent Jesus He sent Jesus to come and and through Him, through the one, righteousness came into the world. For as by one, sin entered into the world, by one, righteousness. And because of one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The obedience of Jesus Christ to go to the cross, to die for our sins. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Now, what is he saying here? Now, the law is that what didn't... He's not saying that because of the law, everybody sins. No, he's saying because of the law, we all know we sin. Because there's a speed limit sign on the highway, we know when we are going 55 through Pelham, and the sign says 45, that we're breaking the law. If there were no, uh, no speed limit signs and we drove through Pelham 65 miles an hour, we wouldn't know we were breaking the law because we would think it was all right to go any speed we want to. There's no speed limit sign. But because there's a sign there, there's no excuse. We know that we're supposed to slow down to 45 And when we get on the streets coming through town, we know we're supposed to slow down to 35 because there's a law that says it and we know it. In the same way, the law was given so that not that we would sin, but that we would know that we had sinned. And he says, because of the law, we know we are sinners because God said this is the standard and because it's the standard of His righteousness, and we're not righteous, we can't live up to it. And so we know we've broken the law. He says, because of the law, we know that, that sin is abound, that offense is abound. But, he says, where there is an abundance of sin, grace is present, not just enough grace to... Oh, well, we'll let you get by this once. Have you ever been stopped by the police officer and they, and you might have been speeding and and he comes up to you and he che- he goes back and he checks your license and he checks your your tag on your car and everything and he comes it, he comes up on his computer screen. This individual has had their license since they were 16 and has not had a single offense. It's not. Has not had a ticket. Has not had anything against them in the whole time that they've been driving. The police officer comes back and he taps you on the window to open the window again, and he and he says, "You know, you were going a little bit fast back there. How about taking it a little bit slower instead of writing you the ticket, which you deserved because he caught you going." 55 and a 35 mile an hour speed limit. Well, he wouldn't do do this for that. But 55 and a 45 mile an hour speed limit. He he says, you know, be careful back there. You need to slow down a little bit. Instead of giving you the ticket, he gives you your license back and he says, take it a little bit slower. Now the next time he stops you and you're going 55 and a 45 mile an hour speed limit, he's going to pull it up on the on the screen and he's going to say, he warned you last time, this is habitual. He's going to say, you know... There's a speed limit sign back there. It says uh, 45 and you're going 55. And you're going to have to sign this here. It's your ticket. You're going to have to pay the fine or if you want to, you can go to court and contest it. And you have to sign the ticket and give them back the thing. Now, grace is when he says, slow down a little bit. I got you dead to rights. Slow down. Slow down. That's grace. You know, a better picture of grace would be You know, you're guilty. Here's the ticket. Follow me up to the courthouse. Police officer takes off towards the courthouse. You're following behind him. He brings you up before the magistrate, and the magistrate uh, receives the information from the officer and says, the magistrate says, okay, here says that officer... uh, do right here is found that you were going 55 in a 35 mile an hour speed limit zone. That's a gross uh, infraction there. You need to understand the severity of this. I'm going to fine you uh, $400 and I'm going to take your license away. He hits the gavel. Case closed. The officer says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Judge says he knows he did wrong. And he pulls out his wallet and he pays the $400 for you. He says, Judge, here's the fine. I'm going to pay the fine. Don't don't take his license away. That's grace. Grace is when we know we've done wrong. Grace is when we've been caught. Grace is when we've been sentenced. And grace is when Jesus Christ stands up and says, I'll take the penalty. I'll take the pain. I'll pay the penalty. Jesus Christ extended grace. Grace was, you're a sinner. Grace was the righteousness of God. You standing before Him, God says, you're a sinner. Jesus Christ says... uh, And God says the penalty of that sin is death. Jesus Christ says, Wait a minute, God. I'll pay the price. I'll die in His place. That's grace. Paul says where the law is, the offense abounds. But where Jesus Christ's grace is, grace abounds. And what he means is, is... Where there's the law, we not only know we're sinners, but we know the full extent of our sin. And Jesus says, I'm bringing grace. And Paul's saying where the law is and the offense abounds, God's grace abounds just as much. More so, He's got more grace than you need. It's not just barely enough to get you by. Have you ever been told? I've been told this. Son, you passed that class by the skin of your teeth. You got into the seventh grade by the skin of your teeth. Barely made it. You just squeaked in there. Yeah? That's not how God's grace works. It's not barely covering you to where you don't have to deal with sin. Or as some would put it, Well, God paid for your sin, but you got to go and suffer for a little while and then you get to go to heaven. No. God's grace abounded even more. Verse 21, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, look, the reason God gives grace is is so that you might have life. Not just that you might barely get off, but that you might have an abundance of His grace so that you might have life, not just now, but eternal life. And that's what it means. That's what it means to have the grace of God. That's what it means to accept Jesus into your heart. Not just so we'll take care of all this sin that you've done so far that you might have eternal life. God's grace extends your whole life so that you might have His forgiveness in your life. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Amen? 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 Isn't that a wonderful thing? Or would you rather it just be that? Okay, Uh, God's grace only covers the sins that... You committed up to the time that you accept Jesus. All those sins after that, you've got to take care of yourself. No, I'm grateful for the fact that we have an abundance of God's grace that applies to my life so that I don't ever have to worry about the fact that I have a sinful nature that I struggle with, struggle to do the right thing. God's grace is there for me. Let's pray.